Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to the Lord's Podcast with Will Rowe. Well, welcome along and thanks for tuning in. This month, India batsman Virinda Sewa gets excited about the MCC Rest of the World game. Photographer Patrick Eager talks about the MCC Wisdom Photo of the Year as Sachin Tendulkar stars in the winning shot. In the history section, John Crawley goes down memory lane as he remembers an emotional hundred here at Lords, and will be playing the Lords Bicentenary Quiz. It's my great pleasure to welcome my co-host for this month's podcast, which, as usual, we're up in the TMS box in the JP Morgan Media Centre, looking over Lords on this lovely day. I'm joined by ESPN Cricket Info's senior correspondent George DeBell. George, how are you? Magnificent. Good to be here. And alongside George, we have the founder of the Cricket and Literature Festival, Words and Wickets. She's written for Spin Magazine and our very own MCC Magazine. On top of all this, she's a regular commentator on Test Match Sofa. It's Katie Walker. Hello, hello. So you know the last time I saw George? When was that? Um, it was last September in my debut as an umpire. And I understood why um, they call um, bowlers, well, Michael Holding, Whispering Death, because that's what it was like. You swooshed past me. It was fantastic. I wasn't like whispering there. I was more <laughs> like shouting immortality. It was uh, the very opposite. Um, no, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Well, that's very kind. I'm a member here, you know. They gave me, associate member. They gave me membership on the same day as David Cameron. They let anyone in now. <laughs> How does it feel to have that egg and bacon? Uh, I don't have that, I'm uh, afraid. I, I always keep a tie in my bag, because sometimes you need one, yeah? So I've got a black tie, because that pretty much covers all eventualities. Mm. That's, that's, that's one of the things I think a journalist has to carry around with them, a tie at all, at all times. Talking of ties, uh, weird segue here, but we'll go to the cricket now. Um, England's T20 performance. Uh, George, talk us through it. Well, they lost to Holland, didn't they? I mean, that, you don't really need to know a lot more. I suppose if you're a spin doctor, you could say that they beat Sri Lanka, who were the eventual champions, and therefore, by some curious logic, England are fantastic. But they're clearly not. It was it was a terrible tournament. I mean, they were they were wretched, and they did, they actually weren't just beaten by Holland. They were thrashed by Holland. So I thought that they, England anyway, picked quite a poor side to go there. A side that was unsuited for 2020. A side that was unsuited to those conditions, and uh, they looked unhappy and miserable, and were at a bit of a low point of English cricket. But it was quite nice to see Sri Lanka win. I thought. I think a lot of people's. Uh, second favourite side, and bearing in mind all the country had been through and everything that Jai Medina and Sangakara have been through, I thought that was quite a, a, a pleasing finish to the tournament, really. Yeah, it's a lovely emotional sort of farewell from them. And in a moment's time, we'll be talking about them coming here to play at Lords in the first test of the summer. And you guys will be picking your England test team for that. But 
One thing I'd like to talk to you, Katie, about is talking about fashion and you're a fashion journalist as well as a cricket journo. Solar Red. Oh, I love it. Love it. Because you know, sometimes when you um, go to stationers, it's very hard to avoid the highlighter pen section. I find this instead of regular pens because they're so sort of like eye candy. But they never have an aluminous red. And I love the fact that England have added a luminous red to the highlighter um, Our lives spectrum. are very different. What? <laughs> Our lives are very, very different. <laughs> no, because it, isn't it funny? Because I remember when um, Chelsea played in that luminous yellow and supposedly it was Abramovich's choice itself and everyone was up in arms about it. But in actual fact, he's sort of, since then, we're very used to luminous colours, aren't we? And I think they're cool, they're modern. You know, T20, they're ridiculous, they're party and that's what it should, you know, that's what T20 should be. But was it not just orange? No, it's a luminous red, Will. Luminous red, yeah. all right. Well, they said it was solar red, but... George, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I've got strong feelings on that subject, but it was the colour of their faces at the end, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Very good, very good. Pretty much. I see what you've done there. <laughs> and um, so m- moving on from that, the Sangakara and Jaiwaldina are going to be here for, for that first test of the summer at Lords. Um, I'd like it if you guys could, could pick your England test side, because it's, it's a new look England, isn't it? It has well, it to might be. be. We'd hope so. Um, well, it might be. I think that. The team is probably, or spaces in the team are probably more open than they've been ever before, really. Going back to sort of 1989 when England used to pick their team out of a hat and everyone got to go. But I, I think that we'll probably see quite a lot of the same people in the UK. Too. I mean, Alistair Cook will open. Yeah. Uh, I think Sam Robson will open. Do you? I think he's got a very good opportunity. So, sh- should we go with that? So, A. Cook. Do you agree? Number one. Absolutely. Do you think Bell and Trot are going to be there? Trot's the big one, isn't it? I so Bell's, hope Trot's going to be there. Bell's definitely going to be there. Yeah. So we put Sam Robson to open with Cook, and yeah. you're going with Trot and Bell at three and four? Yes. I mean, Trot's obviously slightly controversial, but uh, I've, you know, we live very near one another. I see him quite often, and he's in really fine fettle, and I'd have him back like a shot. I'd have, controversially, Kevin Peterson at five. You would too, wouldn't you, Katie? I'm backing you up. Yes, no, absolutely, we'd have KP at number five. Because the thing is, we're, we're just about, you're probably a bit younger than me, but we're, we grew up... You know I'm older than you, I George. didn't know that. <laughs> I don't think anyone would know that if this were, if this were video. Um, if any, we grew up watching England be hopeless. Yeah, we watched them get beaten a lot, didn't we? I mean, yeah, atrocious, atrocious summers where also it was it, bit, what, being a cricket fan and watching cricket was a really solitary thing because no one else really did... You know, because it was quite a miserable experience. So, yeah. Yeah, and so it's been so nice to have someone come into the side and help England win stuff. It's no coincidence that he was the man of the tournament when England won their only global trophy, the World 2020 in the Caribbean in 2010. And he's, they've kicked him out of the team in the last two and they've been knocked out very early. I don't think that's coincidence. Also, they were number one in the world in all formats when he was available. Also, I think any English cricketer that can make Dale Steyn grimace or, or just look on in wonder like he did um, the summer before last. Do you remember yeah, that shot? Should be in the side. Yeah. You know, who else in world cricket makes Dale Steyn just, just gasp in awe? And what's he done wrong? That's the other thing. And I think we deserve a, an explanation. It's all a bit, uh, I saw something terrible in the woodshed for me. We, we actually need to know what he's supposedly done other than whistle. Anyway, I think you, you've made a case, Kevin Peterson at five. Who's at number six then? Well, it's probably going to be Stokes, but there's a few options. You, you could have Taylor. I really like James Taylor. Or it might be Moeen Alley. I'm not sure Stokes would be fit, actually, by then. Um, let's go for Stokes. Stokes. 
And I think Pryor will keep wicket, but he, he got runs already this season, but he ha- isn't actually keeping wicket because he's got a bit of an Achilles injury. But I'm, would you agree with Pryor, Katie? I'm going with Pryor. Okay. And I'm going to go for the spinner. I'm going to go Moeen Alley. What do you think? I think that's a superb choice, George. <laughs> <laughs> if only you agreed with me on other stuff as readily. But yeah, let's go for Moeen at eight. Moeen Alley at eight. Yep. We have to get to the end and then, then I'll say, but where's... And then you can um, okay, justify why you haven't put him in. Three bowlers, Broad, Anderson, Finn. Oh, I'm glad you put Finn in. The sofa loves Finn. Good. He's back on yeah. form. He took six wickets against Sussex. He's clearly very, very talented. I hope Anderson's had a good sleep, though, because he looked... I saw him the other day, it's fine. Is he? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Um, all right, so answer this. Where is Compton? I love Compton to play, but... Uh, I, well, I may have got the question wrong. The question was... The question is, sorry, it's, it's your test team. Oh, it's no. not who you think is going to be picked. It's George DeBell and Casey Walkers, who you want to see out there as an 11. And I'm much better editing than selecting, so that's why I'm asking you. Like, where's I think Compton, Compton was very, very unlucky not to... I, I think he had two bad games, didn't he? Two or three bad games, maybe? I thought he was really unfortunate and he would have been really useful in Australia. He'd have done a, a really, really good job, I think. Well, should we go Trot slash Compton? We can have a few... Uh, well, no, because he'll play for Robson, wouldn't he? But I don't. The thing is, it's not really realistic. They're just not going to go back to Compton. And I is... don't know what he's done wrong. It's like it's like KP. He's clearly offended somebody somewhere. But I don't think they're going to go back. Uh, you see, because there aren't that many players in that side who are particularly young. The, the, the thing is, they might not go back to Trotty. They might back. They're certainly not going to go back to KP. It's going to take a miracle of biblical proportions for them to go back to KP. There's um, no Joe Root in Well, that's what I was going to ask. Will he still be unfit? Well, no, because he'll play instead of KP, won't he? I don't think this is telling stories out of school, but I was lucky enough to spend a bit of time with Dennis Lilly a while ago. Oh, wow. And he, he was going to have Stephen Finn in for a coaching session the next day. And I can't remember the exact details, but he was basically saying, well, what can you tell a guy a day before a game or something? And uh, the, the answer pretty much was, you just tell them they're utterly fantastic. You tell them they're brilliant. Right. You fill yeah. them with confidence and you set them off and off they go. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's, it's that simple. I don't no, it's quite that, the difference between Mitchell Johnson and Stephen Finn. But you did see the difference in the ashes between a guy who had massive confidence in an ability and a guy who had none. Mm-hmm. And that does come, I think, from the environment and the coaching setup. Oh, I think you're so right, because it struck me that the difference between the coaching setup at England, in England, which all was about strictness and um, keeping kind of control of the players being steely with them versus Buff who basically said I want to get these guys enjoying themselves again now I'm sure it's he's not that lax but he just seems to be a sort of friendlier character I remember someone saying in the uh, in a press conference to Andy Flower are the squad happy and Andy Flower went happy what what's that got to do yeah 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 yeah. is that just not his thing I I think Andy Flower was a brilliant brilliant coach for England Mm. but I do think that things had reached their natural conclusion and um, and maybe you can't hothouse people for quite that long. But, look, we'll, we'll see. I think the interviews are at Lord's next Wednesday. Are they? Wow. Well, there you go. Time will tell, but it's going to be a new look English side that will be here. Thanks for picking your side. Um, there's still tickets available for that game against Sri Lanka, uh, and there's also tickets available for the One Day International, which takes place here at Lord's between England and Sri Lanka. So just go on lords.org if you want to get tickets for those matches. Moving away from Test cricket, but to arguably a huge game here at Lords this summer, I'd like to talk a little bit about the MCC Rest of the World game. 
Um, India batsman Vrinder Sehwag is one of many stars who will be in that match. Uh, last month, he captained MCC against Durham in the Champion County match out in Abu Dhabi. I asked Sehwag out there how he was feeling ahead of July the 5th. Yes, I'm looking forward to that game because, you know, you're playing against the rest of the world for MCC and, uh, you know, it's, it's a good challenge. You know, you'll uh, meet your old friends, you'll meet the you know, best player of the world and you, you compete with them and you play against with them, try to win the game against with them. So, it's, I'm looking forward to that game and it's, it's going to be a very good game and I heard that it's a sold out. So, you know, playing at Lords, it's a, it's a wonderful uh, gesture and uh, when the people will come and cheer uh, MCC and the rest of the world, you know, you'll love it. George, how much are you looking forward to it? Yeah, very much. It'll be really good. It's a hugely strong side they've assembled. Well, you've assembled. I'm going to give you the credit personally. Um, uh, yeah, so it should be, a, you know, celebration of cricket and uh, yeah, really enjoyable. It's quite rare in sport that you get a match where you'll have sort of superstars from around the world coming together to play at the spiritual home of a sport. I mean, I can't think of any others off the top of my head that you get really like. Well, they tried rest of um, or best of the world sides, didn't they? A, a, a sort of ICC team, uh, and it didn't really work. But I think. What it tells you is the pull that Lord still has. You know, players want to play here. Uh, and that's, that's kind of reassuring in this day and age when they are so in demand. Uh, and you can't really appeal to players anymore just financially. You know, because some of these guys are, are, are what do you offer a millionaire that he hasn't really already got? You offer him the chance to do something unique and special, which is play at Lord's one more time. Exactly. And, and it's kind of lovely that that still has a, has a pull and a look. And you've got the, the Indian sort of superstars coming over. You've got Sehwag, Raul Dravid, and of course, Sachin Tendulkar is captaining the side. Well, he lives here anyway, doesn't he, really? <laughs> yeah, so he lives just around the corner. He, he, I spent a day with him, funnily enough, in London a couple of years ago, and it was ridiculous. He did you go shopping? Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, we were in Covent Garden at some stage. can't remember why. No, are you serious? Yeah. And, um, and it was ridiculous. You see, when he went into the shop, and by the time he came out... There were a crowd of people there to tell. It was just ridiculous. What be, did he buy? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, George! On earth would I remember that? <laughs> um, but uh, and even just driving along the A40, yeah, there were people driving along taking pictures. I'm presuming it's of him, not of me. But you never know. <laughs> um, so it must so, be so, exhausting. Okay. Satchin. Okay. You know, he, he wears fake beards and stuff, and he goes. Does out. he? Well, you would. Yeah, he wears. Did he, he, he have one with you? Yes. No, not well, in England. Do you think maybe I was interviewing the wrong fan? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, this guy sitting around now going, he spent the whole day with me asking what it was like being me. <laughs> no, seriously, to be with him when he's being mobbed. How does he kind of, you know, uh, uh, deal with that situation? How does he withdraw? As he well? doesn't love it. Right. Um, I think he's used to it. Mm. And he says it's much better in London than it is in India. Yeah, I bet, yeah. But um, he's got people who help him. But I don't think he's at the stage of his life where he gets any joy at all in being recognised. Yeah. So, but he says it's a lot easier here. I mean, he walks into Lords, doesn't he, and takes his his son for a net and what have you. Mm. And I think he's certainly here, he's able to go about his business and do what on earth he likes. Which lots of players come in net here. I've just seen Alistair Cook five minutes before this having a net here. Who we should say was signing every single child's bat that was in the academy. Even some who didn't want their bat signed. Exactly, no. It's so <laughs> nice. Kevin Peterson fans. Look, he's ruined it. <laughs> well, this moves quite nicely into our, our next bit of audio in the podcast. In the last few days, thanks to the Wisden MCC Photo of the Year competition, 
Sachin's name has once again been on everyone's lips. Indian photographer Atul Kamble captured the moment Tendulkar emerged for his final test innings with adoring fans everywhere. It was enough to convince the panel of judges, one of which was cricket photographer Patrick Eager. Here he describes the winning photo. The winner, well, it's quite controversial in, in its way, um, but it's a lovely photograph. It's, uh, it's of Sachin Tendulkar at his last test. And it's, look, it's like um, Leonardo da Vinci painting. It really is. You've got the light, the sunlight just catching the master. And then the crowd, all of whom have got a, a mobile phone or a camera or God knows what in the background, all taking probably useless photographs, but the adoration is there. And it, it's a wonderful photo. It's really lovely. Patrick Eager there on the winning photo for the MCC Wisdom Photo of the Year competition. Um, for the podcast, I've, I've brought the photo up into the Test Match special box. What are your thoughts? Well, it sums up actually a bit what I was saying, doesn't it? It's just ridiculous being Sachin. Um, he, he's an interesting fellow in that he is not that interesting. That doesn't mean that critically, but he's just a very normal fellow who's not, you know, he's been playing cricket professionally since he was about 14, so he's not massively well educated. Uh, he only knows one thing. And I think he might find life a little bit tricky right now uh, 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 with, with, without that to sort of stabilise him. But he is humble. I mean, he, as, as much as you can be, where everywhere you go, you receive this adulation. But, um, I mean, I think he sort of takes it for what it is, which is ridiculous. Uh, and also, of course, he's had quite a lot of criticism. We saw when India lost the World 2020 final the other day, Yuvraj Singh's house was stoned. So, I mean, he's had a bit of that as well along the way. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Uh, but you look at that and actually I think you feel pity for him, don't you? I, don't, I think it's a beautiful photo. I mean, looking at the actual photo, Patrick Eager described it as a, like a da Vinci painting. Yeah, um, I mean, when I heard that, um, I agreed that it's like a Renaissance or a Baroque painting. Um, he's absolutely right. Um, but I wouldn't go with Leonardo. 
I think the colours are too vivid. They remind me more of a Masaccio or a, 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 a Giotto, maybe. But the way that all of the... Okay, so when I first looked at this, I saw it on my... Uh, yeah, I'm going to have a Sister Wendy moment. Is that all right? When I, when I first looked at this, I saw it on my um, phone. And so I couldn't see that all of the outstretched arms were actually um, holding phones trying to get a picture of Sachin. I thought that they were just reaching towards him and it looked so biblical. It looks like the sort of desperate and damned stretching out for salvation to Sachin. So it, it reminds good. me more of like an El Greco or or, or what else? I don't, a Tintoretto or something like that. Um, I think that it's very sad actually as well because... Um, you know, we know that this photo was taken last year where um, Sachin obviously was struggling for runs in the last year of his, his career. And so all of these people are, are, are desperate for him to be wonderful and, yeah. and um, he wasn't performing in that way. So it's almost, um, I don't know, it's almost like they're stretching out to a sort of romantic past because it's also a bit like, isn't it, the, the um, photos of, of, say, Jack Hobbs at the Oval where all those um, the English fans were sort of um, mobbing the cricketer, and it doesn't really um, fewer mobile phones. Yeah, fewer mobile phones, and it doesn't really happen anymore. So it, it all looks very innocent. Do you see how like he's sad. looking everywhere but at them? Yeah, yeah. I, I find it. I, I think I have quite a lot of pity for him. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I think it would be really difficult being Sachin. Well, he always looks up when he walks out to bat. That's just the thing he does. Right. So the photographer's captured him at that moment. But he's going to have to look down to go down the stairs. Otherwise yeah. he's going to fall over. Absolutely. <laughs> We've caught him at that moment. Just as he comes round, he looks up and then he'll turn down the stairs. And this is him going out for his final ever test innings. So it's, well, I think it, it could become an iconic photo. And it's one of mm. the ele- he- 11 shortlisted for the Wisden MCC photo of the year. And yeah, it was a... It's a fantastic evening. I was there at the judging. Um, there's actually a video on lords.org of that happening. So if you want to have a look at that. And of course, you can see all the photos Who else on, on the our panel? website. Do you remember anyone else who was on the panel? Yeah, um, Neil, Neil from the library was, I noticed. There's a chap called Chris Smith from Wisdom, I believe. Hugh Routledge, who used to work at Sport in General. I was told that by Graham Morris. So I'm just sort of... Was Graham Morris fighting. on the panel? Graham Morris was not on the panel, okay. no. So, but no, it was, a, it, was a, it was a good panel and... That was, the, that was the photo they no, came up with. No, it's an arresting photo, for sure. I mean, I do, I, can you, do they do prints? Can you... Um, of course they do, yeah. You yeah? buy them, right? Yes, I would quite like to buy <laughs> one. You're going to walk off with this, I think it's an absolutely... Go- yeah, OK. No, it's absolutely gorgeous. I think it's really, really wonderful. Absolutely. Well, we've talked quite a lot about Sachin and just going back to the fact he is captaining the MCC in the rest of the world game this summer here at Lords. So that's going to be live on Sky Sports. So if you want to watch that, tune in. It's sold out at Lords, but it should be... A, Fantastic day here, and George, I presume you'll be here for the Crick Info? I presume so, but I would never want to be complacent. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's hope you are. History and cricket with the Lord's Podcast. In 2002, John Crawley cemented his place in history by hitting a century against India at Lord's. Making 100 not out in the second innings, Crawley wrote his name onto the Lord's Honours Board as he helped England to a 170-run victory. I caught up with Crawley in Cambridge where he recounted the knock. It was, it was an amazing experience, actually, because I'd had a very difficult winter the winter before. I'd had a, um, a bit of a difference of opinion with Lancashire. Um, we just had a, uh, my first baby. And, um, and not too long before that, my, my mother had passed away. So all I can remember was batting with Michael Vaughan on a very, very good pitch. I was winning the game, which was great as well. Uh, but scoring 100 um, 
and then looking up to the skies in, in memory of, of that. So it was uh, very memorable, very emotional, uh, and it's just nice to, to live there in memory up on the board. So it was a wonderful game. No sooner had he hit his 100 than Nasser Hussain declared, Crawley remembers the walk back to the pavilion. You can't put it into words what the feeling's like. It's whenever you come off at, at Lords, they're normally pretty um, polite, the members, um, even if you don't do particularly well. Uh, but when you do very well, it's a wonderful place to come into, to the long room with everyone clapping and cheering and get your pads on, short leg pads on, ready to field. John Crawley there on scoring a ton against India at Lords. At a windy Cambridge, it seemed, but I didn't realise at the time there was a lot of wind about in that interview, so apologies for that. Um, he's quite frank and honest about where he was emotionally at that time, and yeah. I think sometimes, as fans of cricket, we forget that they're real people out there and they've got stuff going on, so... I mean, what were your thoughts listening to that, Katie? Very, um, you know, I was endeared to him. I um, really miss Frank interviews (laughs) from cricketers. You know, um, um, I'd love to see a bit more um, openness about feelings because I just think that it endears you to them. Yeah, although when Jonathan Trott was open about what he was going through, he received an incredible amount of criticism, which is, uh, you know... Not from me. No, not from you, not not from sensible people, but, uh, you know, it did split public opinion. Mm. Um, You know, someone has tried to be honest about what they were going through, Mm. and it's sort of come back to bite them a little bit, hasn't it? So, But John Crawley is actually one of those... In a way, he was a bit of a lost talent. I mean, he obviously had a fine career. But I thought that, like Ramprakash and Hick, he should have been, he had the talent to be a great. Yeah. He played an innings against Sri Lanka at the Oval, uh, at the, the test that England lost, actually, that ridiculous pitch where Murali took, what was it, 16 wickets or something? Which Murali said that until KP came along and played his switch hitting innings, uh, that was the best century he had scored against him in test cricket. So I think John Crawley was a huge talent. And he was messed around a bit in, in that regime. Uh, and, and it's funny that he talks about that Lancashire thing because leaving Lancashire was hugely significant in the game that pretty much was the first transfer fee paid in cricket was it? and, that, and it's changed it, and because he's quite an unassuming humble fellow and, and not particularly keen to put himself out there uh, he hasn't really got the credit for that if credit's the right word I would say it was uh, for, that, that he might deserve and actually it changed the way that transfers, that county cricket, that people make a living, that players make a living. Uh, and you might even compare it to Bosman. But that was, that was a really significant moment in, in county cricket. And talking about county cricket, um, what are your thoughts for the season ahead, and in particular Warwickshire? Um, well, I, I don't know why you say particularly Warwickshire. Yeah. I'm actually a Somerset fan. Oh, right. But the fact is that I, I, I was um, chief writer on the Birmingham Post for a while. Uh, and so I followed Warwickshire and Worcestershire a lot. And so I saw people presume that I follow both sides. Um, I think Warwickshire are favourites for the championship, but I just saw Nottinghamshire and Lancashire play the first game of the season. And Nottinghamshire were hugely impressive. Uh, but that, that bowling attack at Warwickshire, I think, is special. They've got pretty much everything, left arm, swing, pace, spin. Uh, and if they don't pick trot, if England don't pick trot for a while, and they might not, uh, then their batting looks immensely strong as well. So I think they'd be the team to beat in the championship. And I think that North Hants are good enough to stay oh, up. You're so sweet. I was going to ask you about that. But poor Lawrence. old Alex Wakeley, can I send lots of best wishes to him? Yes. You know, get better soon, Alex. Yeah, that's a terrible blow. It for really is. Out for the whole season. But there are yeah. loads of good players there. People like Stephen Crook should have been oh, in the England 2020 side. David Willey might break into it when he's fit again. 
Stephen Crook and Matt Spriegel came uh, to the inaugural Words and um, Wickets Festival last year at Wormsley and um, were absolutely delightful, offered to go and bowl at Kids in the Nets. Whilst we're here and we're about to do the quiz and finish up, can yes. you tell, tell the listeners a little bit about Words and Wickets? Well, um, we put on a festival every year at Wormsley. This year it will be over two and a half days, um, a gala on the 24th of um, July in the Garsington Pavilion with... Um, authors, actors, writers and raconteurs that, that um, live, work and play around cricket, um, putting on a cabaret performance. And then um, on the uh, Friday and Saturday, two um, days of cricket. Friday will be a celebration of England versus India and Saturday will be um, a celebration um, of um, John Arlott's life. Um, where the authors will play the actors. Um, the authors captained by uh, Charlie Campbell, the actors um, captained by Damien Lewis. And around the boundary edge, we'll have pavilions with um, anyone who wants to talk about interesting topics um, pertaining to cricket can um, have a platform. Can I just tell you about this a little? Okay, so Katie phoned me about a year ago and said, <laughs> Will you come and be part of this cricket literary festival? I- Sure, Katie, because, you know, we go back and happy to. But if I'm honest, I thought, well, that will never happen. (laughs) But not only did it happen, it was an absolute triumph. It was a joy. I couldn't believe how many people were there. You're very sweet. No, but it was an absolute triumph. And it was was fun to be involved with. And it was really good fun to watch. So I, you know, saw it from both sides, really. And so I recommend it. And and, and everyone's going to like that venue. John Paul Getty's old ground for people who don't know. Um, I wouldn't bother with the library though. How many oh, Bibles the library, did that fellow have? The library is extraordinary. It's well, it's got... extraordinary. He had eight hundred copies of the Bible, but he didn't have Anne Boleyn's Psalter, Ptolemy's maps. Yeah, I mean, it's... being um, uh, serious for a moment. Uh, the reason I started the festival was because I wanted to encourage a cricket writing spring. Um, there's such a fantastic history of literature around cricket with. Um, John Arlott, Neville Carter, C.L.R. James, George DeBell. Um, so, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> no, and there's really fantastic cricket writing happening at the moment um, for the Night Watchmen and lots of blogs and magazines out there. And I just want to make sure that it gets out to the public and people can come and appreciate it. And, and those, on, those people that come and appreciate it, is it a ticketed event? How do they get it's there? It's a ticketed event. Um, if you follow at Words and Wickets on Twitter, um, you will receive updates and you'll be able to buy the um, tickets shortly after Easter. And on a personal note, I have to say this while I'm sitting in the TMS board opposite the um, Lord's Pavilion. My father would have been 100 last year and adored all things cricket and all things literature. So that's, George, why I got my arse in gear and managed to pull off a festival well, in about six weeks. You did brilliantly. <laughs> I wanted to celebrate his centenary. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's lovely and good luck, good luck for it this year. Now, to finish off the podcast, we've got the Lord's Bicentenary Quiz, which involves you guys guessing ages, basically. It's a bit of fun. It's how we finished them off this year. Um, so far, Sarah Taylor and Joe Harmon from All Out Cricket have been victorious. So we're going to pit you against each other. Oh my god! Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay, so we can't even confer. No, you can't confer. It's it's very serious. Is it cricketers? It. Is it cricketers or fashion designers? No, no, it's cricketers versus non-cricketers. Ah. And Katie, as your lady, you can go first because I'm polite like that. George, you can go second because Katie's going first. I'm in touch with my feminine side. <laughs> Right, so all you have to guess is who is older. Okay. That simple. Okay. Gary Sobers. Yeah. Or Trevor McDonald. 
Oh, oh. Gary Sobers. Sobers, I know, is about 76. And Trevor McDonald, crikey, they're going to be similar. I'm going to say that Sobers is older. So you went for Sobers? Yeah. You're both correct. Well done. One point each. Whew. Come on. <laughs> Mike Brearley or Prince Charles? Who's going? George, you go first on this one. I think Prince Charles is older. Uh, Although he looks younger, I'll admit. I'm just going to take this opportunity to say that I just adore Mike Brearley. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll should go Prince Charles as king? well. Should he, should he be the next <laughs> king? Yes, yeah. he should. Controversial. <laughs> Okay, so you you both gone for yes. Prince Charles. No, Mike Brearley is in fact no older. No way! By six years. Wow. Yeah. Serious. Yeah. By the way, if you let George go first, I'm just going to copy him. Well, don't. Okay, well, <laughs> you've seen how that works. Yeah. You could have, um, you know, you're not going to guess the same person here. Right? Okay. Katie, you go first. This one, Sachin Tendulkar yeah. or Robbie Williams? Sachin. Sachin's almost the same age as me. And they're really similar, aren't they? Um, I think Robbie. There's a year in it. And Katie, you take the lead. It's Sachin Tendulkar by a year. Next one. George, you're first here. Stuart Broad or Lionel Messi? Oh. I thought you were going to say Lionel Richie. (laughs) Which would be quite easy. Okay, I've got Um, my answer. So I'm just going to show you I'm not going to copy you. Who's older? I think Broad is. So do I. You're both correct. Well done. Right, so it's 2-1 to Katie going into the final round. Come on, Katie. <laughs> so, George, you can level things. It's 3-2, actually. <laughs> if I be the chief cricket writer of Quick Info, that will give me so much joy. Anyway. Oh well, this, this, might, you know, this might make up for it. Here we go. Oh, Just to see if you can put this, put this tie to bed. This has been the closest it's been, so I'm quite excited by this. Okay. Um, Katie, you can go first. Yeah. Who is older? Mike Gatting or oh. Piers Brosnan? <laughs> Mike Gatting never did make it as a Bond. No, it? so I'm thinking Piers Brosnan did Remington Steel around the time that... No, I think it was pre... I think Piers is older. George? Do you know, ridiculously, I think he is too. You're both ridiculously correct. Oh. It is. Piers Brosnan is older, which means that Katie is the overall winner today. Yes! Well done. Sorry, I'm not very gracious, am I? No, no, that was was good for you. (laughs) George, you're lovely. Well, many thanks for playing. And uh, just to finish off, George, um, what's on the agenda for you over the next few weeks? Um, County cricket. I mean, some time at home. It's lovely. Um, Obviously, we're very lucky to go to lots of lovely places in Australia for a couple of months in the Caribbean and what have you. But Lord, you do miss home. And it's really nice to see county cricket. I I want to carry on doing lots of county games at the start of the season. Because it's where you learn about players, you see players you've never seen before. And I think if you're going to pontificate about who should be in the international side, and I do like to do that, then it really is important that you know some of the people, some of the options. So I'm really looking forward to doing some county cricket where you get wonderful access to players, where you can still talk to coaches and supporters and everybody. It's the way cricket should be. It's still an absolute joy. And Casey, what's on your agenda? Um, I love this time of year. Um, because um, the cricket starts and Jersey Royal potatoes are out. <laughs> Seriously! So, on the agenda in the next few weeks is to eat as many Jersey Royals and watch as much county cricket as I can. Lovely. Well, many thanks to both of you for coming on the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Enormously. Thank Lovely, you for yes. It's always nice to see you, Will. 
Thank you. Well, many thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next month with more cricketing stories from Lords. So remember to follow us on Twitter, our handles at Home of Cricket. Be our friend on Facebook, and for all the latest news from Lords, just go to lords.org. See you soon.